Thank you, Jesus. Maso kusanda ribo tona mama ye kalabashanda. Esoko tanderi po soko tanaba ye legebo si tanaba bashande rebo sun talaba. Ele keboro nogobo si tanagaba si tayande rebo zun talaba. Thank you, Jesus. We've gathered um, just to see our faces. We've gathered in the presence of the Lord. We've gathered in the spirit. I want us to be conscious of our spiritual life at any point in time, particularly when we gather for a meeting, more so when it's, you know, through, um, when it's a virtual meeting, there's a tendency to play down on the meeting, but we're spirit beings. And when we gather, we gather in the spirit. Now, because our minds work with our eyes most of the time, we forget that we're people of faith and the just shall live by faith, walk by faith and not by sight. When we walk by faith, we at moments like this, we realize that we are in the spirit. We are gathered in the mountains of Jerusalem, in the city of Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, before our Lord and our God. Father, we thank you. You are the captain of our salvation. You are the host of the army of Israel. You are the one to whom we have come. We have gathered before you to feast with you like the 70 elders of Egypt, of Israel. And Moses took to the mountains and they came to the presence of the Lord and ate with you and saw your feet. <laughs> Father, we want to see your feet this evening. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We don't just want to see your feet. We want to see your face. We want to hear your voice. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Ancient words. Ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart the ancient words. Ever true. If you know how to sing it, join me and sing it. Hallelujah. Changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Let your words cut through our hearts. Let your words cut through our hearts. Let your words cut through our hearts. Cut through our marrow. Journey to our marrow. Journey to our joints, Father. Let your words change us inside. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. This would be a series of meetings that I believe if we... Pay attention to it. Pay attention to what is being shared. What the Lord will be teaching us. 
what will be seen in the scriptures, I believe our lives will change because that's the promise of God's word. He said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That word power is not just working miracles. That, that word power is ability to cause changes. So the first place the change, we'll see the changes in ourselves, in our souls, in our minds, in our hearts. And we should experience the change in our bodies, physical bodies. We should ex experience a change in our, in our atmospheres, in our environments. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, he ascended up on high and he filled all things. He filled from the earth, from, the, from hell, in fact, to the height of the heavens. He filled all things. Filled every place. Praise God. Now, when we enter into the, into the water calm or heaven, like believers would like to say we, when we go to heaven, there'll be a time that a believer will be in heaven. But, you know, trust me, it's until the second coming of the Lord Jesus. Those who experience physical death between now and the day Jesus returns to the earth, are those that will go to heaven. The rest of God's people, those who are in heaven, are going to return to the earth with Jesus to establish the government of righteousness on the earth. And then the whole earth will experience the fullness of Christ. The whole earth, rather than experiencing darkness, depression, oppression, earthquakes, floods, hurricanes, horrible things, sicknesses, and diseases, who would experience the reign of righteousness on the earth for 1,000 years, according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. And after the 1,000 years reign, this earth as we know it will be renewed or burnt up, according to the book of Peter, according to the book of Revelations. And a new heaven and a new earth will emerge out of God. Hallelujah. Ancient words, ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Hallelujah. Okay, that John verse two, that John doesn't have chapters. It's only one book. <laughs> verse two says, let me read from verse one. It said, the elder to the beloved Gaius, or Gaius, I don't know if it's Gaius or Gaius, whom I love in truth. Praise God. Whom I love in truth. I would like to say that, you know, this word, whom I love in truth, I can ascribe it to the way my heart is right now. To everyone who has joined this meeting, to all of God's children all over the world, those who are, those who are here, those who are not able to be here, who I love in truth. Because some of the things that happen to me um, in my quiet time is that, you know, sometimes I imagine what some of God's people are going through 
and um, I just, my heart just breaks for the inability of God's people to receive what has already been given to us, the knowledge, the ability to be able to pull out of the riches of the glory of Christ that is within us and overcome the storms of life so that we can run the race that has been set before us. Hallelujah. Not that I am, I am perfect, but you know, there are challenges I face sometimes and I love the way I deal with them. I love the way I face them. I love the way I'm, intimid I'm not intimidated by them. I look into my heart. I look for fear. There's no fear. There's no fear to go to the doctor. There's no fear to go to any man. There's no fear to go anywhere. Kai, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I wish that every single child of God would have this heart. And this is a heart that has been built from years of exercising myself in the word of truth, in the word of faith, in the word of righteousness, consistently. Praise the Lord. And I pray that all of my brethren, particularly those that have been given to me, there are those assigned to me to raise. Some are here, some are not here, some have been, some have left, some don't even listen to me anymore. I just feel sad. But my desire is that everyone would be able to hear these things, learn them, apply them, and enjoy genuine salvation. Hallelujah. So I want to say again to the beloved child of God, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. This translation says, I pray. King James says, I wish above all things. I think, I think it's more of a wish, a desire. Okay, so some desires can be turned to prayer. Um, some others, um, because no matter how much you pray this prayer, it's not everyone that can enjoy the answer to the prayer. It's only those that have the grace and ability to learn the principles and apply them. We know principles, we don't apply them. You know, sometimes there's no willpower to apply. Sometimes laziness, sometimes weakness. The enemy would have worn out the believer with many trials in that particular area. You know, like when you have a wound and you keep hitting that particular place, you know, keep hitting on it, keep hitting on it. That's what Satan likes to do sometimes. Hallelujah. So I think it's a wish. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Now, what this scripture is telling us is that this is the desire of Apostle John. And his desire is that every believer who loves the truth, praise God, because look at what he said here in verse. He said, for I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. 
even as thou walkest, or even as you walk in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Praise God. So this is his desire for his children who are walking in the truth, that the truth they are walking in will produce this type of life for them. They will be in health, they will prosper, and their soul will prosper. Praise God. So recently, some of the things you're going to hear this evening, if you were in the meeting on, on Monday, you heard it. If you, were, if you were in the meeting on Saturday, you heard, you know, a bit of it or some of it or a deeper version of it. Um, but we have been instructed to lay, to raise some type of man, some type of people, praise God. God gave that instruction to our community, to our ministry. And the commission the Lord gave us is number one, to lay a faith foundation in the life of everyone who is meant to be a part of this company. I want to say that again, to lay a faith foundation in the life of everyone who is meant to be a, a part of this company. And then number two, to establish everyone in their priesthood, in their baptisms, in their callings, praise God, to the end that they die to self. We are able to come to the place where we, like Apostle Paul said in the scriptures, none of these things move me. It's only a dead man that things don't move. It's only a dead, if you bring a dead body here, if the place is smelling, he doesn't know. If you set the house on fire, he doesn't move. No matter what happens, the dead body is still inside a coffin. Throw it into the ground, throw sand on it. Other people will be shouting and crying. The body is there. Why? It's dead. Praise God. The life, life of the cross, you know, a believer, that's, that's the leading of the spirit where these are the dimensions of life, spiritual life, spiritual journey of a believer. The course is meant to take us to. So when we lay the faith foundation, it prepares us for the next level of life. That next level of life is the life of, we learn the priesthood, praise God. We learn the baptisms and the callings established in them. And then we begin to le leave, learn to live the selfless life or begin to learn to die to self, just like John the Baptist. In that life, you don't eat what you want to eat. You don't live where you want to live. You don't do what you want to do. You don't live for your pleasure. You live for the pleasure of Almighty God. In the faith life, understand me very well. In the faith life, you can have a solid faith foundation. You can have a solid faith life. You have faith to be healed in your body. You have faith for your finances. You have faith for your, what are those things I listed out today? You know, you have faith for your marriage, keep your marriage. You have faith for your emotional life, the stability of your emotional life. You are, you are not, um, you're not struggling with any sexual immorality, sex life. No, 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 no. But you are still self-willed. Because all the things you've learned in faith, you use them for your own personal enrich enrichment. Praise God. <laughs> so God has 
builds the lifestyle for us that we learn it step by step. There's a level of our fleshly nature that is accommodated at the beginning of our faith, the beginning of our journey into Christianity. Now, in the course of this journey, they will be taken from us little by little if we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Now, we can see that exemplified in the life of the children of Israel when they were moving from Egypt to the promised land. When they moved into the wilderness, God began to give them his statutes, his laws. And then he made a promise to them. He said, the land which you are coming into has many enemies. Even the wilderness has many enemies. He said, I will drive out the nation from you little by little. Those nations, they represent flesh. Amalekites represent flesh. Amorites represent flesh. The Canaanites, they all represent the fleshly life. Say, but I will drive them away from you little by little. He said, if I drive it away from you at once, the beasts in the forest or in the wilderness will multiply against you and they will eat you up. So it just means that we cannot overcome every carnal nature at once, including the one in the preacher. Praise God. But there are things that should not be mentioned amongst us. We know that, right? Fornication should not be mentioned amongst us. Sexual immorality should not be mentioned among Those are not what God is talking about. Adultery should not be mentioned amongst us. Stealing should not be mentioned. Let him that stole steal no more. Don't. Praise God. Lying should not be mentioned amongst us. Praise God. Now, at the end of this curriculum, the next curriculum that God puts before us is perfection. Coming into the full stature of Christ, according to the measurement given to every man. Hallelujah. So the reason why I'm laying this down from day one, and as we go on in this series, I will be repeating it so that you will think that you will understand that this is not the peak of your journey in Christ. This is the beginning of your journey in Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. So today I want us to start a series on the financial life of a believer. Okay. And the heart and the mind of God for a believer. Now, the day that we received Jesus as Lord and Savior, the day I became a believer, you know, there is something critical that happened to me. Can we pray in tongues? Let your heart allow this worship um, instrument to pull the strings of your heart, that your heart can be lifted towards Jesus. That the Lord will be enthroned upon our thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Please, yeah, just keep that, those instruments on while I, I teach. Praise God. No, so I was saying that, please, if you are just joining, at the end of this message, please go to Kevadulam uh, Telegram message platform and listen again. Listen from the beginning. There were specific things I said earlier on in the past 10 minutes that is very, very uh, instructive to what we are doing. Praise the Lord. 
so you can understand what we're doing. We, we were trusting the Lord to help us build after the pattern to produce a certain type of man for God, the earth. Okay. Um, it's also important for you to understand that those the builders, you know, haven't been perfected, but are also being built up as you are being built up. Amen. Hallelujah. So when, when we became children of God, there was something that God did. Now, this is the foundation of your life as a believer. This is the foundation of your life as a believer. If this foundation, let me not say this foundation is not laid. Let me speak. Let me say it positively. This foundation has to be laid in your life so that you can be able to enjoy the life that you have been brought into and not enjoy it and not struggle through it. Praise God. Hallelujah. And even when you are in a season of maybe affliction or a season of, of trial, because trials will come. And sometimes when we are foolish, affliction will come. The enemy will afflict us because we were foolish. But even in those seasons, if a believer's life has been properly laid on this foundation, one thing I can assure you is this, number one, the affliction will not last. It will be cut off quickly. Then number two, the season of your trial, when that season comes to an end, you will enter into the rest for that season. Like I said on Saturday, every trial, every trial, every appointment for trial has a time. So none of God's children should suffer perpetually. 30 years, the matter is still there. When Jesus met the woman, bent over for 18 years, he screamed, the utmost this daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound low for 18 years, she should not be healed from her infirmity. Jesus screamed. Jesus was angry at Satan. For binding the daughter of Abraham for 18 solid years. Very angry with the Pharisees for daring to challenge him when he healed her. Now, when God... When God told Abraham, I will send your children, your offspring to Egypt and they will be slaves in Egypt for 400 years. He didn't say it was forever. He said it is for 400 years. They will be in Egypt. When the children of Israel were going to go into captivity in the days of Joachim, king of, of, of Israel, in the days of Daniel, he told them, Jeremiah told them, this was Jeremiah the prophet, Jeremiah told them, you are going to be captive in Babylon for 70 years. Now, the reason why uh, God does these things is so that when the day of your captivity is over, when the season of your trial is over, you will not continue to stay there. And you say, it's God that puts me here. Meanwhile, the time that God told you the trouble should end has come. That was why when it was 400 years, the children of Israel began to cry to God and God heard their cry. When, at the end of 70 years, Daniel opened the books and checked. It was 70 years. The time was over. And Daniel began to 
and God answered immediately. Praise the Lord. So there's no appointment with affliction, there's no appointment with um, trial that is forever. No, it's seasonal because your life is in cycle. Praise God. So when we became believers, when we became believers, the critical, the first thing that God did is to establish us in the covenant he had with Abraham. The first thing God did when you became a child of God, you were baptized into the body of Christ. First of all, when Jesus went to the cross, when Jesus went to the cross and when Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus broke down the middle wall of partition. Whatever was dividing the Jews and the Gentiles, Jesus broke it down. And the nation of God was no longer the natural Israel alone. The nation of God now became Christ. Christ is the new nation of God. Now, this new nation of God is an offspring. It's from the genealogy, from the loins of Abraham. Hallelujah. Now, the reason it had to be from the loins of Abraham is because the, there is a promise of the harvest, the fruit of the earth. There is a harvest. God did not make the earth for children of Satan. Satan is not the God of the earth. The God of the earth is Jehovah, almighty God, possessor of heaven and earth. Satan is the God of the system that rules the cosmos, the systems of the world, the things that affect the minds of the people. Praise God. But the earth itself that has the ability and the power to bring forth, it does not belong to Satan. Make no mistake about that. The ground on which you are stepping on belongs to God. The heaven above that you look up to belongs to God. It doesn't belong to Satan. The whole earth belongs to God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He owns the earth. He is the possessor of the same. God owns everything on the earth. God owns the men on the earth. God owns the waters of the earth. The oceans on the earth. God owns them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, he gave that earth and instructed man to till it. He instructed man to till the earth and receive the fruit from the earth. Now, it is the mind of the man tilling the earth that will determine whether the earth is increased or not. The mindset, I don't know whether I'm using the right word, but you know what I mean. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So it's the mind of the man tilling the earth that determines what happens to the earth. Whether the earth will yield to you or not. Whether the heaven will bring the dew over your head, the dew of heaven upon you or not. Praise God. So every child of God, no child of God, should be ruled by the system of the world when your two feet are touch the earth. Did you hear what I said? I said no child of God should be subdued by the system of this world, the satanic system of this world, which there are some, there are some cities that are cities of 
backwardness. Cities of backwardness. Some villages of backwardness. I know some villages of backwardness. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Bible says that uh, the dark places of this world are full of the habitations of wickedness. So there are habitations of wickedness that perpetuate in the dark places of the world. And when you see such operations in a in a region, in an area, you know that something is wrong somewhere. But a child of God living in that environment is not expected to come under authority, the influence of the darkness of that world or that system. Because you are of a dif different generation, a different genealogy, a different root, a different system. It is a system that governs the commerce of the world. It is a system that governs the currencies of the world. And a child of God should not come under a system of darkness. Why? Why, why, why? Go with me to the book of Galatians. Thank you, Jesus. Galatians chapter 3. I want to read from verse 17. And this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ. The law, which was 430 years after, cannot discern all that it should make the promise of money effect. What is the promise? For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. There was an inheritance that God gave to Abraham by promise, not by the law. That promise existed, pre-existed before Moses. In fact, the promise was made almost 500 years before Moses because the pro God met Abraham, I think when Abraham was 70 or 80 years old, and then fulfilled the promise of bringing forth Isaac 20-something years after. And then Abraham was 100-something years before he died. And after he died, Jacob, Isaac lived 100-something years. And then Jacob lived another 100-something years before Egypt. So the promise was made maybe like six or seven hundred or something years before Moses came. Moses lived to be 80 years before he received the law. So check the number of years. Praise God. So the promise was made many years before Moses. And the Bible is saying that that law cannot annul it. The law of, that Moses received cannot annul that law. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's continue to read. Wherefore then serve the law? Forget about the law. I'm not interested in the law right now because the law was not given to us. Praise God. As effective, as legal as the law is, the law was not given to us. What I mean by the law, the conditions, you know, all the things that have to do with the law was not given to us. No, 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 no. What was given to us is Christ. Now inside Christ, the law is there. The laws of righteousness are there. The laws of holiness are there. The laws of the fear of God are there. The laws of love are there. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. Now, from verse 26, he said, For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. 
For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and inheritors according to the promise. Do you see that? If you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and inheritors according to the promise. So the first thing I must do to myself is to educate my mind. Educate my mind that I am the seed of Abraham. Said this many times, but as a as a solid foundation for this series of messages, I have to relay it again for the purposes of those who are hearing me for the first time or who will hear the messages in the future for the first time. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and you are an heir according to the promise. Now, I know that many people quote this scripture, but it is not in the subconscious reality of many people. It is not in their subconscious reality. What is in their subconscious reality is still their fleshly attachment to their earthly genes. And because they are attached in their mind to their earthly genes and their earthly genealogy, they are not able to come under the promise that was made to Abraham and his seed in day-to-day life. You have received the Holy Ghost, which was the real promise, right? But there are other things that were that God told Abraham. There are other things that God promised Abraham. And there are other covenants that God made with the seed of Abraham and the children of Abraham in the flesh. And if you look into the lives of the children of Abraham in the flesh today, you will see that as, as evil as they are, some of them are atheists. They don't even believe in God. They don't even believe in Jesus. But the power of that covenant keeps them. So when they enter into your society, they take over the economic system of your society. When they enter into your environment, they become rich and they prosper more than you. They have the gift of enterprise. Why? It was woven in their natural DNA. It was written in the law of their life. It was engrafted into the genes that their fathers passed to them. Praise God. And God, being who he is, that does not lie or make a lie, neither does he repent, will not withdraw himself from that covenant. It's as long as you're Abraham's seed, this will happen to you. So God wants you, the word of God instructs you to have this mind. Not just to have this mind, to have this heart. To have this Because there is a conscious and deliberate work that God did for the seed of Abraham. A conscious, deliberate work he did for the seed of Abraham. For the first time from Adam, God found a man who would have the heart to raise a generation for him. A generation of righteousness for him. And God swore an oath and God made a covenant with a man. He said, everything that will pass through your life, just because of a man's righteousness, God will make covenant with your seed. You see, God doesn't play with families. 
You obeyed God. God says, okay, because you have obeyed me, I will bless your children. Bible says, see, and thou a man that fears the Lord, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The children of the righteous, the fruit of your womb is blessed. The fruit of your body is blessed. Why? Because you are righteous. Now, in the commonwealth of Israel, my husband always says that, in the commonwealth of Israel, God made a provision for the needs, the needs. I'm not talking about spiritual work. I'm not talking about praying in tongues. I'm not talking about fasting. That's not what I'm talking. That's not what I'm dealing with right now. I'm dealing with your physical day-to-day -day needs. To eat, to drink, to pay your rent, to pay your children's school fees. To live life debt-free. And I mean debt-free. Now, God made a provision that in serving him, in serving him, all your needs will be met. God made a provision that in being a seed of Abraham, there will be no one hungry in Israel. It's in the law. So the rich is instructed. God, God entered into their agricultural systems. He entered into the agricultural system. He told them how to plant. He told them what to do during harvest time. He told them how to handle the land. Cultivate the land today. Leave it to life follow for X, Y, Z number of years. Then come back to it. God gave them those laws. Praise God. And then in giving them those laws, God also taught them rest. Moses instructed the children of Israel on the harvest. And when they go to the land to harvest their crops, because at that time, prosperity was just by farming or by animal husbandry. Okay, they were farmers. They farmed land and they farmed animals. They had cattle and all of that. And then they had their, their farms. Okay. Now God told them, when you, when you come to your harvest time, don't harvest everything in the field. Don't harvest everything in the field. When you reap the harvest, Leviticus chapter 23, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap the corners of your field when you reap. So the corners, the edges, it says don't reap it, right? Nor gather any gleaning from your harvest. What is gleaning? Like if you go to where there's cassava now, you pull out the cassava, right? When you are pulling out the cassava, if that cassava stem has six, six um, cassava um, tubers, maybe in the course of pulling it out of the ground, one will fall off. It says, leave it there. Don't take it. Collect the other. Then don't go to the corners. Leave the corners. Don't harvest it. You shall leave the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Do you see? You will leave those edges for the poor are you learning the principles of prosperity? These are principles I'm teaching you. Or oh, we're learning. Please. I'm not teaching you, we're learning. Praise the Lord. The four corners of the land, the edges, they don't take everything there. Then don't glean. Glean means when you are finished taking the main harvest, you go back again and go and search. Search, search. Is there anything left? Did any yam drop? Did any uh, orange drop on the ground? God say, leave it. Leave it for the stranger. Leave it for the poor and for the animals. In another place, it mentioned about animals. 
leave it for the animals. Why? No Israelite should be hungry. Now, God instructed them in the covenant, in the covenant that established the priests and in the offerings, the sacrifices, when we bring in sacrifices, when we bring in tithe and offering. At that time, tithe and offering is not money. Hello? No, we, we pastors, we like tithes and offering, right? We strangle the people for it. We put curses on their head. If you do not pay your tithes, God will not open the windows of heaven. You are cursed with a curse. The last, <laughs> rubbish. Rubbish. I'm not saying don't pay tithes, but don't yoke yourself under a law that doesn't belong to you. You want to pay tithes, we pay tithes. 10%, 10% is too small to give God. A believer, spirit filled, too small to give God. If you want to journey financially, you cannot be doing the calculator with God. I earned 10,000 naira, divide by 10, 100. And then you count 100 naira, put inside the envelope and give God. You can't. You can't. Give him the whole money. Give him the whole money. That's the life of the believer. Praise God. Then he will tell you how to use it. Tell you how to use it. Of course, that's a training. Because when he starts with you on that one, there's some instructions he will give you your heart to cut. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Say, God is interested in my financial life. Say, God is interested in my well-being. Say, God is interested in my well-being. In the well-being of my children, in the well-being of my household, God is interested in everything that concerns me. Everything that concerns me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, in establishing those feasts and those sacrifices, what did God do? God told them also in the book of Leviticus on how to handle meats. Those animals that they will bring, they are to eat it. Some portion of it is for the strangers. <laughs> Some portion of it is for the poor. Some portion of it belongs to the priests. And some portion, you will eat it. You cook it. That's how they used to do tithes in those days. You will cook it. Hallelujah. In the presence of God. And you will eat it. In his presence. You will feast. Eat physical food. In the presence of the Lord. How will anyone eat such food? And sickness will touch the body. Tell me. How can anyone eat such food? That is an offering to the Lord in the presence of the Lord. And they say the food caused diabetes. Who said that? They said don't eat protein. Who said that? Who said that? Now, these are instructions of wisdom under the sun that has made the word of God subservient to the laws of nature that has been tampered with by wickedness. Tampered with by wickedness. The animals that you are eating now is not the animals God made. You have pumped them. They have tampered their genetic composition. The reason for that is to break the laws of God. There's no other reason. To break the laws of God. 
God. God is wiser than them. Hallelujah. God sees the end from the beginning. Then God knew what they would do, and God, God enacted another spiritual law higher than the first one. You shall eat any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. <laughs> In any way you want, you can interpret it. <laughs> you can interpret it any way you want. But you see this one here? <laughs> I interpret it as peace, as it is. Eat any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. A woman who sees stuff said, Ah, he said, They've tried to poison you many times. Yes, once or twice, God revealed it to me. Once or twice, they gave me a drink somewhere many years ago, and as I was about to grab the drink, it shut out. God didn't want me to drink that. I've been poisoned spiritually. God showed me instantly. That was poison. They also, they try. The woman said, your water, your glass, really? <laughs> the word of God says, I shall eat any deadly thing. It shall not hurt me. I believe it. I go, to, go out to a restaurant and the food is poisoned. They say food poisoned. Ask my children, not lie. Ask them, not lie. They will go out, everybody will eat. Everybody will get the running stomach. Oh, my tummy did Except me. You don't have to You're not concerned. <laughs> and I challenge them to learn it in your life. Exercise yourself. Practice it. Speak into your food. Speak it over your daily life. You know when the tummy is biting you that you will start. Maybe you can start from the first day and start biting you. But for that day, you need to exercise your faith. Look at food boldly. It's the one you want to eat. And eat, then it's the one you are instructed to eat. This evening, I wanted to eat something. Nobody was in the house. I was alone. I was in the prayer room. I hadn't eaten all day. I came down. I felt, okay, if I eat closer to 8 p.m., my body will be heavy. I need to be light when I'm in the street. So I wanted to eat like around 5. Something. I went to the kitchen. I saw all the things that they brought out. I took a kusi, I warmed it. My husband had ordered that egusi for me last week. They said, mm, I added pepper, I added salt, warmed it, added some stew. I went to the fridge. I saw a bag that was already made. I took a tiny wrap. The way I was hungry, when I put that wrap in my plate, I wanted, I knew I should get some more food. I got up from my chair, went to the fridge, opened the fridge. I had a nudging in my spirit not to take another one. Just go and eat that one, you'll be satisfied. I closed the fridge and came, came and sat down and ate that one, and I was satisfied. Now, it's not always I do that today. Sometimes I know and I just you know, <laughs> indulge a bit. <laughs> Praise God. So you will say Stature has become a spirit. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm in the journey of becoming a spirit. I want to become a spirit. That's the mark that God gave us. By the time we get to seven years, I must be a Moses. Moses was a spirit. Was he an ordinary man? Moses was not an ordinary man. He had become a spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So God's intention is that all Israel, say I am Israel. Say I am Israel of God. Mean it. Mean it. Look into your spirit man and say it. I am Israel of God. I am Israel of God. 
Declare it. I am Israel of God. Declare the earth yields to me. The earth yields to me. I am Israel of God. Kaporo kapasaka hatana bayande ke posopotayala bababababababa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So a man who is learning these things can be acting crazy sometimes because he'll be talking to himself. Sometimes you need to speak out to yourself. Like when I enter the, the, the freezer to look for food, I opened one bowl, I saw fried beef. <laughs> and I muttered to myself, I said, beef that my God created. They said somebody should not eat it. I took two pieces, I threw it to my soup. We eat it. God made you for me to eat. He made all things. He gave us all things richly to enjoy. All things richly enjoy. Just make sure you don't break spiritual protocol. Make sure you don't go beyond moderation. Because Bible also instructs that we must be moderate in all things. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. But don't go and eat poisoned food though. Don't go and eat poisoned plant too. Don't go and eat. If you eat it mistakenly, you remember the, the school of the prophets with Elijah, Elisha, right? Master, master, there is death in the pot. What happened? When they were going to gather feeds to cook, they gathered poisonous plants. And they cooked. And when they finished cooking, they realized that the food was poisonous. They had eaten it. They realized that the food was poisonous. Hallelujah. Did anyone die? Did anyone die? No wonder. Now, this is the mind. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, this is the provision that God made for Israel. This is the provision that God made for Israel. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And for those who are strangers in Israel, that means someone's in your should have food to eat. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Even in the law, not even in the law, in the law, take away the word, in the old covenant, in the old covenant, in Abraham, in Abraham, in Abraham, God planned, promised, harvest of the fruit of the to Abraham. How can I connect to it? How can I make it work for me? How will it work for me? I told you, I said tonight, this is the first foundation we're learning. There are many other things we're going to learn concerning our financial life. But what I want us to learn today is that number one, God didn't plan for some people to be poor. It's not in anybody's destiny to be poor. They didn't write it for anybody. It is evil spirits that perpetuate poverty in a bloodline. It's evil spirits that perpetuate poverty in a family. It's evil spirits that put ceiling over families. 
evil spirits. And sometimes these evil spirits, they go and look for in the bloodline of people in their generations, the generations of their fathers and their grandfathers and their grandmothers, they go and look for sins that they committed. And as a result of that sin, they come and afflict and perpetuate punishment, consequences on the children of that offspring. And then you just see a family. Everybody is poor. Maybe they locate the, they locate the men. You know, like when God cursed the lineage of Eli. And he said, no priest will arise in this age. You will not live above 40 years. So they perpetuate that. You see all the sons. Sometimes some of the sons will be missing. Some will commit suicide. Some uh, go crazy. Some uh, just never do wells. You just check, check all the men, all the men, all the men, all the men. Who is doing that? Who, who is the person doing that? Can we check? Who does those kind of things? It's Satan. Let's look at Zechariah. Go with me to the book of Zechariah. And I think that's, I'll close here and then we'll pray a bit. Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 1. I want to read from verse 18. Let me not read from verse 18. Let me read from verse 16. Therefore, first saith the Lord, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. My house shall be built in it, saith the Lord of hosts. And a line shall be stretched forth upon Jerusalem. Cry yet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, My cities through prosperity shall yet be spread abroad. My cities through prosperity shall yet be spread abroad. And the Lord shall yet comfort Zion and shall yet choose Jerusalem. Who is the city of God? Who is the city of God? You and I, we are the city of God. God's city is no longer the physical Jerusalem or the physical Israel that you see. God's Israel has moved from the physical realm to the spiritual realm. The Bible says that you are a royal priesthood. You are a peculiar nation. You are the city of God. The Bible says that through prosperity, Shall my city spread? Thoughts of God arising on the earth. I said the other day that where well, I don't know where I was preaching, I said the Bible says that the knowledge of the glory of God shall cover the earth, even as the waters cover the sea. It's not cloud. That knowledge of the glory of God that will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea is not cloud. It's the harvest of the earth, stones of God, full of the glory of God. So they will cover the earth. Now, the 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 man child, the man child, in the man child company, and I'm I know and I, I know by the by the power of God, and as I speak forth, I speak forth by the power of God that such sons are in this house right now, in this house right now, Evangelum right now, in the name of Jesus, that the sons of God, the man child that will arise, there will be man child whose powers will be demonstrated in the financial sector. They will hold money like wind. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, it is the man-child company that will bring forth the harvest of the earth to God. And God is saying that it is through prosperity that it will be done. They will finance the gospel. They will push the kingdom forward. Right now, I need money like... like like, like, I need money. Like, how did they call it now? 
in various states so that we can take over the city. Imagine seven sons of God putting resources together and we invade all the villages in various states. Preach the gospel there. Train gatekeepers. Train uh, 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 intercessors. Train watchmen. Raise them after this. Then empower all the farmers there. Baptize their land. Step on their land. Command their land to be fruitful. When you come back after seven years, poverty will be gone from that village. No man will be poor. No one. No, not one man. So it is for the sake of these ones that I'm preaching this message. I'm not preaching it for those who will, who will waste the resources of their lost. Praise the Lord. So this foundation we're laying are for the sons that will arise out of this company who will receive who will receive the tutelage of Christ, the meekness of Christ, and are willing to journey with us to the full stature. You see, our journey has been given to us in levels. The faith foundation, the baptism found, uh, uh, um, um, layer, the, 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 the uh, um, priesthood layer, the dying to self layer, and the perfection, perfection. And I'm trusting the Lord that God will be giving us the rudiments and the ingredients for these things as we journey with him faithfully. So it is for men and women like this that this foundation is being laid. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then I was I was going to verse 18 of Zechariah. Then lifted I up my eyes and saw and behold four horns. And I said unto the angel that talked with me, what be these? Now don't forget that if any verse God has already prophesied that through prosperity that my city is yet be spread abroad. He has already declared what will come of Jerusalem. But look at verse 18. They looked and what did they see? Four horns. You see, and I and I said unto the angel that talked with me, what be these? And he answered, these are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And the Lord showed me four carpenters. Then said I, what come these to do? And he spake, saying, These are the horns which have uttered Judah, so that no man will lift up his head. You see, these horns are evil spirits. These horns are principalities. These horns are wicked devils. These are authorities. These horns means authority. Anytime you see one in the scriptures, it means authority. It means power. Now, these horns have come Put them in disarray. Put confusion in their midst. They can't see their left from their right. They are not able to hold it together. So that no man will lift up his head. In Judah, they've come to put a ceiling over the head of certain men. God forbid. See, these are the ones which have scattered Judah so that no man can lift up his head. But these are come to fray them. To cast out the horns of the Gentiles. These Gentiles here doesn't necessarily mean unbeliever. It means wickedness. It means darkness. Horns of darkness. The horns of wickedness. Sometimes it's human beings, sorcerers, diviners. I'm telling you the truth. That release spells, divinations, and enchantments against God's people. We are not meant to, have to stay. 
You're not meant to. You're supposed to summon the carpenter. The Lord showed me carpenters, four carpenters. Who are these carpenters? They are angels, angelic operations, operations of God. To do what? To fray the horns of the Gentiles that came against Judah. Come out against you one way, and they shall scatter for the seven days. The Lord shall cause your enemies to rise up against you to be smitten before your face. It's a reality. The Lord shall cause your enemies that rise against you to be smitten before your face. So it is the will of God that you prosper. But the prosperity starts from your soul. Prosperity starts from your mind. Prosperity starts from your heart. Your spirit is already saved. You're already born again. You already belong to, you already belong to God. But you do not know that you belong to God. You do not know the value that you have before God. You do not know that because you belong to Jesus, you have become an inheritor, an heir of God, inheritor, a partaker of every blessing, of every covenant blessing that God gave to Abraham. And so some of you say it's Old Testament. It's Old Testament. Full of riches. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Father, we thank you for the riches of the glory of Christ. The riches of your inheritance. The riches of our inheritance in you. Father, we thank you. For our father Abraham, thank you for the blessings you blessed him with that belongs to us. We remind you today, oh father, that we are the children, we are the seed of Abraham. We are partakers of the covenant of blessings. We are partakers of the everlasting covenant you made with Abraham. You said in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. You said, I will make you great. I will make your name great. Hallelujah. You said, I will be an enemy to your enemies. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse them that curse you. Hallelujah. You said, none shall be barren in your land. None shall be barren in your midst. Hallelujah. You said, your storehouses shall be full. Thank you, Jesus. Ali paranakapasata. You said you will bring forth your fruit in your season. You will bring forth your fruit in your season. You will bring forth your fruit in your season. Thank you, Jesus. You said the earth will yield her increase to us. You said whithersoever the soul of our feet shall touch, you will give us as possession. You said the trees and the mountains will clap their hands when they see us. Look at you said the creatures of the earth, the beasts of the earth, will submit themselves to us. Oh, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I want to read, before we go, I want to read Exodus 19. Thank you, Father. Thus shall thou say to the house of Jacob. Are you the house of Jacob? 
or the house of Jacob, is it Israel, the Middle East, or is you, or both? Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob, I am of the house of Jacob. I eat of the heritage of my father, Jacob. I am a son of Jacob. Jacob is my patriarch. He's my great-grandfather. Because I'm, because I'm, because I'm, because I'm, because I, because I, because I am Christ, because I am Christ. That's all. They didn't need to sign adoption papers. I'm already adopted in the spirit. Because I am Christ. Glory to God. Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. Tell you. Tell me. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians. And how I bear you on eagles wings and brought you to myself. Hallelujah. Many times I tell the Lord, Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours, Father. Father, I am yours. You adopted me. You brought me into your big family. You brought me into your glorious family. You brought me to your spotless family. I belong to this great family of God. I did nothing to deserve it. I did nothing. I did nothing to deserve it. I was headed for destruction. And a gentleman named Francis Isibo took me to church, Christ Chapel, in those days. And when I entered that church, I looked around. Everybody seemed joyful. Everybody seemed happy. And I began to cry. I didn't know why I was crying. Tears began to come down my eyes. Tears were running down my eyes. I remember that day like yesterday. There were two ladies. He took to church that day. This is my husband that I married. He's the man that brought me to Christ. And that day, they said, if you want to give your life to Jesus, come forward. I said, I want this Jesus. I want him. I've been looking for Jesus, not knowing how to get him. Because when I was a child, my mother planted the seed of God in my life. My mother bought me a big Bible, big, thick Bible. Our house then was just beside the Anglican Cathedral in Abayo Mochaminaba, where we were living. My mom was a teacher in GTC, Abba. And every evening we used to go for Sunday school. I remember as a child, maybe Nathan's age, See, remember the Sunday school? And they made me memorize Bible, scriptures, every Sunday or every, every occasion. Harvest, not every Sunday. Harvest, men's harvest, women's harvest, children's harvest. They'll call me to recite the Bible. So by the time I became a teenager and became, became and was entering into adulthood, God didn't want to lose me. And he put hunger for me, for salvation. I'll stay in my room. I was a first year student on campus. I'll stay in my room and I say, I want to be a Christian. Oh, I want to be a Christian. But I was going for parties. But inside me, 
I wanted to be a Christian. I'll be watching Christians, looking for the type I like. <laughs> because I didn't like those ones that looked dry and ugly. So I'll be looking for the ones I like. I remember one particular sister, Chinaya. God bless Chinaya. God used her to touch me. I was on 400 series. Chinaya lived in 200 or 300 series. I would look down from my room. Downstairs, I would be watching her. I say, ha! The day I become a Christian, I'll be like this girl. The day I become a Christian, it was an appointment waiting. And since that day, I've never looked back. That day, Christ Chapel, that Sunday, I went out and I received Jesus. My life changed forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That day, you became a partaker. Never play with the fatherhood of God in your life. Never play with the adoption. When fear comes around you, remind yourself, I'm a child of God. God is my father. God gave birth to me. Whatever you need to use and remind yourself of your heritage, remind yourself instantly of that heritage and tell him to come and help you. You know, God is not like us. When, when people offend us and they enter trouble, we say, let them stay there, Jerry. Let them stay in that trouble. It's good for them, right? That's how man is. But God is not like that. God said, when you sin against me, in Psalm 107, when you sin against me, and because of your sin against me, he said, affliction will arise. He said, but when you call me, when you call me, I will answer. I will come and help you. I will save you from your trouble and I will establish you. Isn't that a great God to know? Isn't that a great father to hold on to? That's why the Bible says, it says nothing shall separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Nothing shall separate me. He said, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Child of God, God is your father and he has laid up heritages for you. The Bible says, I am of a goodly heritage. I am of a goodly heritage. Look into your heritage. Look into your heritage. Have you ever seen rejection in your heritage? Have you ever seen a, a, abandonment in your heritage? It's not in your heritage. Look into the life of Abraham. Look at how God delivered him. Look at how God dealt with his enemies. Look into the life of Jacob. Look into the life of Isaac. Look into the life of the children of Israel. Look into the life of David. Look into the life of Solomon. Look into those lives. That's your heritage. I have a goodly heritage. Say with me. I have a goodly heritage. I am of a goodly heritage. I am of a goodly heritage. A prosperous heritage. A strong heritage. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenants, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me. You shall be a peculiar treasure. Look at those words. Well-selected words. Valued possession. That's what it means. 
You will have value. I will put value on you. You will be a peculiar treasure unto me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now look at the next words. Look at what he said next. He said, you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me. Above all people. Above all the people of this world. Above all the governors. Some of us, believers, when you see governor, your body will be shaking. You are standing beside a man that you are greater than. You are standing beside a man that you are greater than. And we quote scriptures. A man's will make way for him before kings. If you take picture with the... With uh, 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 Dangote. The day you see Dangote and take picture with Dangote, you must put it on Facebook. Child of God. Child of the king of the whole earth. Do you know who your heritage is? Your inheritance? Did you not remember Daniel in the kingdom of Babylon? In King Darius sent for him. And the promises he made, he said, keep your things to yourself. Praise the Lord. Say, I will make you a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. It doesn't mean you should dishonor those people. I will say honor all men. Not saying dishonor them. Not saying the day you see them, insult them. Or tell them they are rubbish. No, 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 no. But don't allow your heart to be to gloat because you're standing beside an earthly king who will go down to hell if he does not receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Whose, whose heritage on the earth Whose memory on the earth will be cut off? Whose children might live perpetually in curses? Except their salvation. Salvation enters into that family because God saved the solitary families. They will just go to one family that Satan took, took front seat on and go and pick one person to save the person so that the whole family can be saved because God is full of mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. Now look at this. For all the earth is mine. For all the earth is mine. For all the earth is mine. Child of God, your father owns all the estates in this world. All the estates in this world. Your father, God, almighty God, owns all the estates in this world. You don't fight for it. You don't struggle for it. You don't lust after it. it. Belongs to your father. It's not something to boast about. It's not something to gloat about. No, 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 no. It just belongs to your father. You just know it belongs to your father. And the one you have need of, he will give you. Don't you think so? Don't you think he's able to give you the one you have need of? Thank you, Jesus. Say with me, I belong to God. Say with me, I belong to God. I'm a seed of God. I'm the seed of Abraham. I'm a child of righteousness. 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 I belong to God. I belong to God. I have a covenant with the Most High God. I have a covenant in the covenant of God I have with Abraham. I am a partaker of the blessings of that covenant. Hallelujah. How do you make it yours? By reciting it. By reciting it daily. You enter your shop, you're not making sales, but you are carrying phone. You are, ping, you are, you are, you are pinching, sending messages. Then you scratch your head. I don't even know what is happening. You look up, I don't even know what is going on. Create what should go on. Determine what, 
was she gone? That's the time to put down your phone and turn it off and face Jerusalem. Put your head down in one corner. Release words. Release words. Release words. Release words. Release words. Change the atmosphere where you are. Release words with words. After a while, the words will enter your body. You will feel it physically. You feel it tangibly. It takes over your heart. It takes over your body. You see the movement of your body change. Praise God. Thank you so much. God bless you tonight. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for helping us lay these foundations of truth. Lord, I pray that you help us receive these words and hide them in our hearts. Begin to muse over them, O Father. Muse over them, O Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you.